0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global Hour
1: at 6.
2: You're looking at a satellite image from the island of Maui. This is Lahaina before a raging wildfire engulfed the historic community. And this is Lahaina now. The town which dates to the 1700s devoured by flames. The extent of the damage and loss devastating. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We have breaking details tonight on the latest developments out of Maui. At least 53 people are now confirmed dead from those wind-fueled wildfires and hundreds more are being treated for burns and smoke inhalation. Thousands of visitors are getting off the island, including multiple flights carrying Canadians home. Cassidy Moscone is live tonight at YVR where two flights arrived earlier today. And Cassidy, many of those travelers shaken by what they saw.
3: They really were, Sophie, and, um, you know, what they went through just probably won't sink in for some time. Worse for those travellers still stuck stranded on the island. We know Air Canada is aiming for a second recovery flight late tonight. WestJet will start their operations tomorrow too. But tonight, everyone's thoughts are with those Maui residents who've lost everything. Lahaina woke up to total devastation. Front street flattened by fire, hundreds of homes burnt, at least 53 lives lost. This is Maui in Morning.
4: Woke up this morning and got on our phones to pictures of our house, uh, just down to the slab.
5: And when we checked in the next morning at four, power outage, um, so we struggled for food. Uh, stand in line
3: for an hour and a half at Safeway and then that that same Safeway burned down in the late afternoon. From stranded to saved just over 24 hours after the fire ripped through the historic old town the first recovery flights from Maui touched down at YVR this morning. It was
6: really surreal like it felt like a movie. A flight has been cancelled and uh, rescheduled three times, but I really could use a good cry <laughs> because it's heartbreaking.
7: Need a bit of sleep, but other than that, yeah, happy to be home.
3: Some
4: frustrated. We've been uh, spending our 24 hours uh, at the airport because uh, our flight was canceled. Uh, there wasn't any support whatsoever. Lack of communication from WestJet representatives. Uh, people sleeping on the grass. Uh, Really uh,
3: feeling like homeless. But most grateful for their lives, heartbroken for the town they left behind.
4: We stayed at the Westin and the staff, they're they're families, they can't get contact with them and they're just, um, honestly, they're holding down the fort while they don't even know what's going on with their families. I feel guilty almost that we left and they're there.
3: Through immense tragedy, resilience.
4: Even though we are hurting, we are still able to move forward especially when we do it together. In the days ahead, we will be stronger as a kayaulu or community.
3: The community moving forward through grief so Hawaii can
2: heal. Oh, just so heartbreaking, Uh, Cassidy. Maui is definitely a favorite hotspot for many people here in BC. So what can people do if they want to help?
3: Well, Sophie, the Hawaii Community Fund is accepting donations. You can find out some more information and ways to donate at the Maui County website. It's mauicounty.gov.
2: Sophie. All right, thanks for that. Cassidy Moscone at Vancouver International Airport tonight. Well, Maui is the top destination for Canadians vacationing in Hawaii, hosting nearly 300,000 Canadians every year. But as Catherine Urquhart reports, with rescues and recoveries still happening, and months of rebuilding ahead. Sun seekers are being told to stay away for now and cancel or postpone any trips they had booked. At Maui's Kahului airport, streams of people are rushing to secure flights out after fleeing the
8: fast moving flames. It's just scary to see a big wildfire just kind of coming your way. We could see the fires from the distance. It was really scary.
9: More than 11,000 people have left so far many of them Canadians. This is a destination that's serviced year-round by both of the major airlines, WestJet and Air Canada. Lots of people love this island.
2: As people evacuate, Hawaii's lieutenant governor
10: is urging others to stay away. If you have hotel accommodations in the west side, uh, you are not going to be able to get there. So, uh, you know, we encourage people to be safe. Um, If you have travel plans to Maui, uh, we ask that you postpone it or cancel it um, at this time. Those with plans to visit Maui
9: are encouraged to call their travel agent or to directly contact their airline, hotel or tour operator. I suggest that you call them and see where your options are. You may be able to change without any penalties to a different destination or move your flight to dates that are, are later when it may be a better time to visit Maui.
10: Many hotels and airlines are being flexible, waiving change and
2: cancellation fees. The island of Maui now No place for visitors. Katherine Urquhart, Global News. After the down years of the pandemic, the number of British Columbians traveling to Maui has rebounded. On average, 18 direct flights connect YVR with the island every week. In 2022, more than 115,000 people took one of those flights. And before the fires, YVR had been expecting more than 130,000 Maui-bound vacationers this year. Those people would account for almost half of the 280,000 Canadians the Hawaii Tourism Authority is expecting will visit the island this year. Now to the wildfires in B.C. And while rain and cooler temperatures over the past few days have helped... The situation here remains critical. There are currently 660 people under evacuation orders and close to 4,000 more on evacuation alert. There are approximately 4,000 personnel battling close to 400 fires, 11 of which are deemed wildfires of note. Crews from the US, Australia, Mexico, Brazil, and Costa Rica are helping in the fight. And with temperatures expected to rise this weekend, British Columbians are being warned to be prepared for even more wildfires.
1: As our forests dry out the fire danger will increase. It is vital that we take the necessary steps to remain prepared for wildfire and that we continue to be, do our part to prevent human-caused wildfires.
2: A reminder that a campfire ban remains in place across the province with Haida Gwaii being the one exception. Well, that heat wave heading for our province is expected to send temperatures soaring into potentially dangerous territory. On top of putting lives at risk, officials warn it will also have an impact on our unprecedented drought. Richard Zussman has more.
1: As B.C. continues to bake, Mother Nature once again turning up the temperature to potentially dangerous levels.
9: It is critical that people understand the risks prepare for the conditions and know where to access support.
1: The province cautioning the mercury will start rising as early as Sunday. The southwest interior expecting temperatures in the mid to high 30s. Coastal areas will see 20s to low 30s temperatures building up through the end of next week. What makes this event Um, a little bit concerning is the length of time that it's likely to go on. We get that accumulated stress of heat over time. This is not expected to be as dangerous for people as the 2021 heat dome, an event leading to hundreds of deaths and an overhaul of the heat warning system. The biggest difference is the shorter days and cooler nights in August compared to late June.
11: We're not expecting temperatures to quite get to those same levels as the 2021 event. Uh, however, heat warnings will still be very possible.
1: Already this year, the BC Coroner Service is investigating three deaths due to extreme heat. 16 deaths were determined to be heat-related in 2022, while 619 deaths were determined to be heat-related in just the one week of the heat dome. In 2021,
7: we see that every year, and often it's because we underestimate the impacts that heat can have on our bodies.
1: The extended heat wave will add to the ongoing and record breaking drought conditions in the province. Right now, 28 of 34 water basins across BC are at level four or five, the highest level of concern.
9: This time last year, we had maybe a few water basins at level two, so hardly any drought condition at all.
1: The expectation is drought will continue potentially into next year. An encouragement continues for the province to conserve that much-needed water. Richard Sussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: And Steph Florian is here now with the timeline on that heat and what we can expect. Well, for the next few days, we're going to expect that
5: this ridge is going to be strengthening, but that heat really surges on Sunday, and we are expecting temperatures about 5 to 10 degrees above seasonal. And that does continue for quite a few days, with the peak being on Wednesday. So here's a closer look at Wednesday's highs, and you can see the southwest interior as well as the south coast going to be seeing the peak of these temperatures. So areas away from the water expected low to mid-30s, 30s, and that's for areas even around you know Abbotsford and closer inland temperatures around Metro Vancouver, Kamloops, Lytton, upwards of mid 30s to uh, upper 30s. So it's going to be a very very hot stretch of days. And again, that times out Sunday in through Wednesday. So do take caution. We are expecting warnings as well as record breaking temperatures. All okay.
2: Right, th- thanks for that, Steph. We'll talk to you in a bit. People in Surrey's Clayton Heights neighborhood are in shock after fire destroyed four homes and forced other neighbors. out. Out. The fire is believed to have started in one of the garages and quickly spread. As Janet Brown reports, the cause is under investigation.
7: This is the destruction the fire left behind. Four homes badly damaged or destroyed on 73 Avenue near 192 A Street in Clayton Heights. This is what the blaze looked like last night as it raged around 6.30.
8: Could see two huge plumes of smoke and as I walked outside I could actually see flames
5: it was like something out of a movie it's you know you're watching people's lives fall apart it was really really sad
7: coming back to look at the devastation today neighbors say they heard loud explosions last night possibly coming from a garage before they saw the flames there are two banks two
4: explosions very very base like boom boom
7: and soon neighbors jumped into action banging on the door is very hard and I told everybody else to keep banging amazingly there were no injuries with everyone getting out safely including pets
5: I was watching the firefighters give CPR to a cat to revive a cat it was just
7: so surreal it was sad the cause is still under investigation. There's a
12: lot of different uh, witness accounts that we're all taking into, into factor here as we do our investigation but we don't know the cause as, yet, as of yet.
7: The Surrey RCMP Arson Investigation Unit moved in around noon but police say they routinely go to fires to try and help find the cause. Arson investigators were also at last week's house fire only four blocks away. Others living on this street whose homes are still intact have also been forced to leave because the power is being cut and smoke lingers in the air. These are the people that we see every day in our neighborhood.
8: It's devastating.
7: Insurance adjusters and restoration companies are now on site to see what is left and help those impacted move on. Janet Brown, Global News. It turns out a
2: fire that displaced more than 70 people last month in Vancouver's Mount Pleasant neighborhood was caused by candles. That's according to Vancouver Fire Rescue, which has deemed the fire accidental. Fortunately, no one was injured in the three alarm blaze. Vancouver Fire confirms the owners of the residential building are currently involved in court proceedings related to previous allegations. They violated several fire code regulations. Costly e transfer error.
4: I was shocked because I didn't send it to him.
2: How he's out thousands for a transac- transaction he says he never authorized. That's next on the news hour.
10: If I didn't do this, I wouldn't look forward to uh, coming to work, especially during the time of the pandemic when everything was unsure. How
2: this hairdresser picked up a few new tricks during the pandemic and the benefit it's brought to her business. That's still to come tonight. Right now, though, e-transfer is an easy way to exchange money when you don't have cash. But a Victoria man's recent ordeal serves as a cautionary tale. He says someone hacked his account and e-transferred funds, and he's been battling with his bank for months to get the money back. Consumer Matters reporter Andrea is here with more.
12: and Thanks, Sophie. Grady Kulikan says he's getting nowhere with his bank after he says he was a victim of an e-transfer fraud. He says he's out hundreds of dollars, and what's Worse, he says the bank says he's at fault.
4: Where's my money gone and who is this person?
12: It's a question Grady Kulakan has been trying to answer for months. Back in April, the Bank of Montreal customer says he received an email stating $2,500 was successfully e-transferred from his account to someone he doesn't even know.
4: It was shocking.
12: Grady says he reported the incident to BMO immediately. He says someone hacked his bank account and made themselves the payee, transferring the funds out of his account. But he says since that time, BMO has been of little help.
4: It was just frustrating to be given the runaround.
12: In fact, Grady says BMO isn't taking any responsibility and has declined his claim. Grady says he's been told by BMO a one-time passcode was sent to his phone as a security measure when the e-transfer took place. But Grady says he never received that code and says the bank won't give him further details.
4: The reasoning is that I went into my account and sent $2,500 to a person that I don't know. And they're saying that I entered a code um, and there was no code. I know what I was doing right when this happened. Consumer Matters reached out
12: to BMO on Grady's behalf, but in an email, BMO stated, Given the priority we place on customer confidentiality, we're unable to disclose details of these specific matters. Grady used BMO's Customer Complaint Appeal office to seek answers, but BMO's terms and conditions impose confidentiality over the results of its own findings and say that even Grady can't share them with anyone presumably even the police. Some cybersecurity experts say big banks need to be more open and offer better consumer protection. Unfortunately, security and cyber attacks move a lot faster than banking technology. So... Banks continue to put the onus on customers when cyber breaches take place, but the really unfair thing is the lack of transparency. Grady would agree, now out $2,500. BMO is referring him to the Ombudsman for Banking Services and Investments for further review,
4: if he so chooses. Being told that it's my fault um, is probably one of the most frustrating things about it.
12: And Grady has also filed a police report. When we contacted Oak Bay Police in Victoria, they told us they were left with many questions too. Who was the person who gained access to Grady's account and how did that person get the passcode? And just a reminder, cybersecurity experts say consumers need to know that any banking application requires multi-factor authentication. Unless you use something more than just a password, you are essentially not protected at all. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can always email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca.
2: All right, thanks for that, Anne. Up next, Vancouver Swifties furious with Flair Airlines. I've been a Swifties since elementary school, so um, going to her concert was something that I looked forward to. The last-minute flight cancellation and how they can't just shake it off. And later.
4: 3.5 grams of um, cocaine.
2: From cryptocurrency to dark web drug deals, how BC gangs are thriving online.
10: Traffic is steady in both directions over here at the Alex Fraser Bridge, and good news just cleared a crash on the east-west connector as well. Contact Kermac for expert windshield repair and replacement services while supporting KerMac Cares for Kids. Kermak is celebrating 50 years of collision and auto glass services, and that's no accident. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
2: A dubious distinction for Canada's largest airline. Air Canada ranks last in North America for on-time performance. It blames fallout from the pandemic, weather and staff shortages. And as Kristen Robinson reports, it is not the only Canadian airline near the bottom of the list.
6: Delays common and now Air Canada has landed last among North America's 10 largest airlines according to aviation data firm Sirium's July on-time rankings. Alaska Airlines number 1 making 82% of its flights on time. WestJet ranked 7th with 62% of its trips on time. Air Canada at the bottom of the list, only landing 51% of its flights within 15 minutes of their scheduled arrivals. In contrast, even the lowest-ranked Europe and Asia-Pacific Airlines arrived on time about 70% of the time. Why is Air Canada at the bottom
11: of the list? This is, this is not a new phenomenon. This is something that's been going on since the beginning of the summer.
6: McGill aviation management expert John Graddick says Air Canada has been very aggressive in putting out flights and prices to attract customers after the pandemic.
11: The objective was really was to make money and to, and to recover some lost profits from the last three years. It's more about filling up those planes and... customer service and on-time performance will take a backseat.
6: Both Air Canada and WestJet cite weather, including thunderstorms, a shortage of air traffic controllers, and strong demand, which can mean longer turnaround times. Neither airline would do an interview.
4: I'm not aware of any case where a maximum $25,000 fine was issued for a single violation to an airline. And that's where the problem starts.
6: Air passenger rights says there are no meaningful consequences for Canadian airlines which break the rules. Hence, no real incentive for compliance. So harsher penalties need to be issued and collected.
4: If in one year, three $1 million fines are issued to airlines for various violations, next year things are going to improve. It is that simple.
6: Meantime, Gabor Lukacs is pushing the Canadian Transportation Agency to bring us in line with European Union law, which he says is the gold standard when it comes to protecting air passengers due to its simplicity and the ease to enforce it. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
2: Well, for Taylor Swift's legion of
6: fans, no
2: price is too high to see the star on stage during her Eras tour. But a delayed and later cancelled Flair Airlines flight has caused frustration and a major financial hit for a number of B.C. Swifties. Emily Lazatin has more.
9: They're running through the airport
8: because we booked a
2: WestJet flight for
9: 4.30. With just minutes to spare. I'm going to vomit. Sisters Megan and Holly made their WestJet flight just in time. The chaos. Last Tuesday, Flair Airlines diverted their flight mid-air back to YVR. The sisters were headed to L.A. to see Taylor Swift the next day. The pilot comes over the PA system and he's like, Hi everyone, just letting you know we're turning back around to Vancouver due to lavatory issues. Um, It should be a quick fix. But it wasn't a quick fix. Passengers were deplaned, then delay after delay. Trying to avoid a sad story, they decided to cough up another $800 each for a different flight. Other Swifties couldn't make it work. Looking to attend a concert the same night, Anise Lee says she and some friends are each out $2,000. It was such a big gamble. Like, we had like. We didn't know what options
8: we had. We were left with the third option, which was to um, sell our tickets.
9: While Flair offered Lee a refund, another fan on the same flight says she's been denied one. They emailed me back and they said no. As of now, I'm going to give them a call later just to really confirm what that's about. In a statement, Flair Airlines says, Due to an unforeseen mechanical issue, the pilots made the decision to return to Vancouver. We acknowledge the disappointment the cancellation caused. Though it's unclear if those who missed out on the Tuesday night concert will be compensated. But a next-day flight was too late for many. Meantime, one travel expert says the situation comes with an important reminder. If you have a special event to go to, whether that's a concert or a Broadway show, or you're meeting up with a tour or a cruise, I always suggest you go in a day early. Advice that served Megan and Holly well. They were able to join thousands of others at SoFi Stadium. As for Anise and Vivian, both now looking to score tickets for SWIFT's Toronto shows next year. <laughs> Emily Lazatin, Global News.
2: Coming up, no forgiveness from the federal government. How Litton business owners are on the hook, even though they still can't rebuild.
8: The clinician asked me out of nowhere, so have you considered mate?
2: Plus, a Vancouver woman's shocking experience when she sought help for a mental health crisis.
10: counterflow is out but traffic is still busy here southbound at the massey tunnel on highway 99 from blundell on the approach select sussex insurance and make a difference when you renew your auto plan online select your neighborhood sussex insurance location when prompted and a donation will be made to diabetes canada i'm sure she was in global one over at the massey tunnel
2: well over the last few decades the latest technology has been the driving force of every leading industry in this province Organized crime is no exception, also turning to tech to increase the flow of its dirty cash. Global's Darian Matassa-Fung looks into how criminals are using computers and new tech to evade the cops.
0: Millions upon millions. That's how much money experts say BC's top gangs are pocketing each month. What used to be a cash-only industry has now made the jump to digital. We all have in our lives. You know, 20 years ago, you couldn't sit on a beach in in Mexico and and run your vast organized crime drug trafficking network with a phone. Gang enforcement experts say criminal organizations are trading in their duffel bags of cash for digital e-wallets and cryptocurrency. They're very creative and whether it's the use of cryptocurrency, e-wallets, uh, the video game currencies, they will do anything they can. Many major drug deals have moved to the dark web, making traditional law enforcement tactics like stakeouts and sting operations mostly obsolete. It's no secret that we're reactive. We're always behind the technology curve in most cases. And it's a challenge for us to stay within the confines of the criminal code or other pieces of legislation. Believing they've shredded the paper trail, BC gang leaders aren't shy about spending their vast newfound wealth.
5: They're quite smart, a lot of them. They buy real estate. A lot of them look to the day that if they manage to stay alive they're thinking retirement at 35.
0: Hillary Morden is a BC gang expert and former SFU professor. She interviewed more than a hundred active gang members.
5: I knew one guy had bought himself a ranch. He'd also bought a house for two of his cousins, his mom, his baby mama.
0: Thoughtful calculated, scheming. Morden says gangs are always looking for new ways to conduct business. Dark web marketplaces are harmless looking encrypted eBay-like websites. Money, cryptocurrency, weapons and drugs are transferred on a massive scale, all hidden from prying policing eyes.
4: one's having a promotion. SFU
0: professor Richard Frank dissected this space, his research plugging into eight crypto marketplaces. That's just a sample. There are dozens more.
4: About $150 million uh, worth of drugs have gone through uh, these marketplaces.
0: All these transactions are extremely complicated to track, with BC police even using FBI resources to help. Frank said, with these crypto markets expected to grow, Global News was invited to take a dive into the dark web. This, a Canadian specific site that ships hard drugs right to your home.
4: So, once you click on uh, one of the products, uh, you will see the subcategories and uh, all of the listings. Very similar to Amazon or something. 3.5 grams of um, cocaine, clean cut apparently, from uh, Colombia. This is the advertisement.
0: While drugs make up 85% of deals on the dark web, the other 15%, firearms, weapons,
4: even your identity is on the market. Personal details, usually credit card details with um, full personal details like address.
0: So how do police stop transactions that are designed to leave no trace? Police and Canada Post have to physically intercept
4: the items in transit. Dark web—you don't know where anything is. So everything's encrypted, and the marketplace is also encrypted. We have no idea where it's hosted from. With criminals always on the cutting edge of
0: technology, experts say until law enforcement can find a way to catch up, the pain caused by these dark web deals will continue to be felt by the public. Darian Matassa Fung, Global News.
2: And tomorrow in our continuing series, a look into the psychology and motivating factors behind why youth get involved in gangs and the programs aimed at preventing them from doing so. You can also find enhanced coverage online at globalnews.ca. bc Business owners in Lytton are facing another hurdle as they work to rebuild after wildfire destroyed their town two years ago. They've been rejected by the federal government after asking for forgiveness on loans that helped them get through the COVID-19
13: pandemic. Aaron MacArthur reports. Fenced off, overgrown, inaccessible. The heart of a community gutted by fire.
8: Something as basic as getting groceries becomes this huge consuming event.
13: Megan Fandrich is the owner of the former Cloa Cafe she's still waiting for an insurance claim to pay off the two mortgages she holds on the land and with no income struggling to make ends meet to add insult to injury the deadline for the pandemic business loan she took out is at the end of this year paying back even the reduced amount of forty thousand dollars is not possible
8: for any of these small businesses so you can't just Pick up and start again, and so I don't know how it would be expected that we could just pick up and pay this
13: huge loan. It's estimated 10 businesses in Lytton qualified for the SIBA loan program. The total amount for the village is roughly $500,000. Local MP Brad Viz has been fighting to have those loans totally forgiven. The federal government hasn't budged. Thing they're
4: asking for, saying, "Hey, help us get ahead." forgive these loans, then we can start looking at rebuilding, and they don't want to move on it. And I'm just, I'm at a loss right now.
13: The federal government has promised money for lit. Six million dollars for people to rebuild homes, seven million dollars for people to rebuild businesses on the main drag. According to the Chamber of Commerce, more than two years after the fire, not a dime of that money has been spent.
4: I feel very neglected, I mean very uh, insulted too. Yeah, there's been nothing given to the businesses, zero, there has been really no support.
13: Without a grocery store and a pharmacy and a coffee shop, Lytton will be never anything more than just a collection of homes. Paying back these pandemic loans may be the one thing that prevents the owners from rebuilding the bricks and mortar and the community itself. Erin McCarthy, Global News.
2: A Vancouver woman who went to the hospital with suicidal thoughts is sharing her experience after she says a social worker asked if she had ever considered medical assistance in dying. As Krista Dow reports, she says the suggestion came after she was told... It would be a long wait to see a
8: psychiatrist. For most of her life, Katherine Hentler says she has struggled with mental health issues, living with clinical depression and suicidal thoughts. Like sometimes I just feel like really hopeless. I'm like, I don't know if if I'll get better or if this will change. The 37-year-old says she seeks professional help during times of extreme vulnerability. On June 2nd, her depression worsened after a traumatic event. Hentler sought help at VGH and says she was told by a social worker it would be a long wait for a psychiatrist and was asked if she has considered medically assistance in dying known as maid no one should make a judgement of about the value of your life or if it's worth living i was seeking help to live and someone was like but there's a really good option to die Made is currently not legal in Canada for mental health. Hentler says it's something she never even considered. She's calling for better training. I'm coming here for help because I want to keep myself safe. I I don't want to die. We really need to talk about what mental health support, especially crisis support, suicide intervention looks like. In a statement, Vancouver Coastal Health, which operates the hospital, says... For patients who present with suicidal ideation, staff are to complete a clinical evaluation, assessing the patient's risk, adding, We share our deepest apologies with the individual for any distress caused by this incident.
13: I've not heard about the use of MAID as a a risk assessment tool or a risk assessment question.
8: The Canadian Mental Health Association says it's working on a framework for health authorities about ways of assessing suicide risk.
13: The main aim of that is to ensure that there's a safety net in place, that that we don't have to rely upon the individual clinician, that those toolkits don't don't include questions uh, related to
4: me.
8: I was really struggling after it happened. These days, Hentler says she's in a much better place, having access counselling for her mental health issues. She's also launched a formal complaint and is expected to see a psychiatrist in November. Krista Dow, Global News. And
2: if you or someone you know needs mental health support, there is help. Dialing 310-6789 will connect you to your local BC crisis line without a wait or busy signal. And that is 24 hours a day. Steph Florian will be here next with details on that heat coming up. Plus, it's championship weekend in Langley as the Vancouver Bandits host the Western Final. All right, the heat is coming, but it's not quite here yet, Steph. A more
5: comfortable day. We saw some of that cooler air lingering. Here's a look at our daytime highs today. So uh, Kelowna and Kamloops only made it to 26 degrees into the north. Smithers 20 degrees, Terrace 19. Good news, though, we did see a reduction as far as the fire danger rating. So we're back in that yellow, green, and blue zone, which has been an improvement from the rain as well as this cold front. So that was some good news. But everything's about to change, and that all starts this Sunday as far as a surge in temperatures, the possibility for heat warning, and record-breaking temperatures. Coastal areas are going to be up to the low 30s. Inland temperatures, mid-30s. Interior region up to the high 30s. So the heat is... It arrives on Sunday, and it does peak on Wednesday. As for tomorrow, we have showers on the north coast, hitting a high of 17 for Terrace, so still seeing some of that cooler air lingering. Prince George Quinnell, BCP, is going to see that chance of some isolated thunderstorms. As for southern BC, we're comfortable. We're at that 30-degree mark, some clouds lingering, and we still have some of that local smoke as well for some of the Columbia area. Port Hardy seeing some showers. We have a chance of Comox, Campbell River, and the Sunshine Coast seeing some morning showers, warming up to 25 degrees inland, and for your five-day forecast, this is where that heat does take over is Sunday through Wednesday. So we're expecting that. Now let's take a look at the central windows, weather window. This is a beautiful photo from the rainstorm last night on the pier in Salmon Arm. And that's a twin rainbow. You don't see those very often.
2: <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Does that mean two pots
5: of gold? At the bottom? Two, yeah, exactly. Two pots of gold, two leprechauns. Exactly. All right.
2: Thank you very much. Squire is here now. What do you have coming up, Squire?
14: Someone who has been confused as a leprechaun many times. I wasn't going to say anything,
2: yes. but okay, you did.
14: Uh, three BC golfers have made the PGA FedEx Cup playoffs Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, and Adam Svensson.
13: And Svensson has this for Bertie at 11. Chance to take a one shot lead.
14: He did have the lead briefly, but he now sits in fifth, but it's still a pretty good start
10: i got to make good use of my time, my space. I pay rent. Also to come,
2: her business is hair, but her talents are endless. How this creative multitasker managed to attract new attention to her storefront during the pandemic.
14: Are you comfortable? You yes, settled. as a matter of fact, I am. Okay. This chair is lovely.
2: We're... Even height and everything. So That's
14: what we're supposed to good do. Good to go. Yep. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, good. I'm ready to start. <laughs> uh, BC's Adam Svensson, along with Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor, qualified for the start of the FedEx Cup PGA Playoffs. Now, it's a three-tournament event. It goes from 70 players down to 50 players, then down to 30 players for the final event, the Tour Championship. And Svensson had the best first round of the BC boys. In fact, he's tied for fifth, three back off the lead after 18 holes. Let's check out a couple of the shots. The good and the bad and the ugly combined. This is the good. He actually set himself up for a birdie here to take the lead at one point at five under par. But then with the lead this happened. Over water and then into water. Not that water that, oh, that water. Just I know. Jordan Spieth has yeah. lead at 7 under par. Adam Hadwin's 3 under. Nick Taylor is plus 1 after 18 holes. Well, can the Elks win a home game? They haven't won one since 2019, but this is a good way to start against Winnipeg. Kevin Brown in the first play goes 65 yards for the touchdown. Right now could be an upset special, and it would be a huge upset. Edmonton leading by 21 over Winnipeg right now at home. So this is the final weekend for um, Canadian Elite Basketball, and because they are the hosts of the final weekend, the Vancouver Bandits are in the championship tournament. So they have a chance to turn around, which has been, I would say, at least on the court, a
11: so-so season. A picture-perfect ending for the Bandits would be, of course, to lift their first CEBL championship trophy this weekend. All they need to do is win twice against Calgary Friday night and then in the final Sunday against either Niagara or Scarborough. The fact the Bandits were 8-12 during the regular season doesn't matter now. They were always in this tournament as hosts and finished strong, winning their last two games of the season on the road. Notice. Hey. It helps a lot because you know we, we went there we wanted to treat those games you know like playoff games and treat those games like like the final four and you know, it was a, it was a Friday Sunday uh, type of uh, situation so we went in we did that and so again that gives us energy and momentum you know going into tomorrow night. And they do get home court advantage. It should be close to a sellout in the 5,000-seat Langley Event Center for their first game. Actually, the Bandits have had some of the highest attendance in the league and have built a pretty strong fan base in their five short years of existence. The fan base is special here. They really care. They understand the game. Uh, they know our team. And so, yeah, we've taken hold of the market for sure, and, and, and our fans have come out to support us, and, and it's it's reciprocal. And we're excited to be able to play this Final Four in front of them, and I think they deserve it. Actually, attendance is up 60 to 70% across the league. The crux of the CEBL is to give Canadians a chance to play on their home soil, mostly pros who play abroad but stay sharp in the summer in Canada. By rule, two-thirds of the players on each roster must be Canadian, and so far, the formula has worked for everyone involved.
13: You can't tell who's Canadian, who's American, or who's international on the court. The level of play is tremendous. We've become a destination. Um, you know, players know they can come here, be seen. We've sent nine guys through the NBA system in the last 16, 17 months. record in food and beverage sales, record in merchandise sales this year, record in attendance. It's been an amazing year. Very good crowd. Uh, big crowd for Milos Ronic as well,
14: but eh, it didn't go so well in the third round against uh, Mackenzie McDonald at the National Bank. Monarch lost the first set, 6-3. That's a nice point for Milos, but uh, that sounded like a Seinfeld reference, didn't it? Another point for Milos, but he doesn't get enough points, and he loses 6-3, 6-3, so he is out of the tournament.
2: He is so tall.
14: Yes, he is. That helps. Um,
2: well, I don't know. I'm just... I, every time I see him, I'm again is. amazed You're right. by him. Tall. are right. he is. We are not... So I appreciate the but see that, and
14: well and we could listen to the guy if someone's 5 can it's like look how tall they are. So you So know. you
2: know what you did today? You juggled sports and our feature story coming up which is about a juggler. Kind exactly. of a juggler. Stay with us.
1: It's more than just that.
2: It is amazing what you'll see when you go to the optician
14: that's right. That's what you did. That's what I did. I had to go get some new contact lenses. So I was on West Boulevard in Carrisdale, and right next to my optician was a lady juggling. I thought, is she a busker? And my friend said, no, she owns a store right next to me. What you're watching is the result of the pandemic. Sharon Lee bought the Carisdale Hair Bar in 2019 just months before COVID gave every business owner a financial haircut and sitting alone waiting for customers led her to this
10: during the pandemic i you know it 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 stressed me out a lot you know being in here cuz i don't know what's going to happen you know and we've invested so much money and time and effort and everything was invested in this business
14: So during the slow times, and there were many, Sharon taught herself how to juggle
10: and hula hoop and balance things on her head. And it became cathartic. Performing, Ashley, is my therapy. It's helped me with my anxiety, stress, panic, paranoia, because I can't think of anything when I juggle. Because the minute I, I, I have too much on my mind, the ball goes down. But her
14: impromptu performances had another benefit
10: advertising, and
14: promotion. She and her business became well-known in Carisdale.
10: People tell me I had a great location. I didn't believe it because I got hit by pandemic. I'm like, nobody came in. How good is the location when nobody came in? So then I was like, okay, now I've I've nailed my trick. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see how great the location is. And sure enough, the location is good because a lot of people did see me.
14: If somebody from Cirque du Soleil came up and offered you a job, would you take it or do you want to stay here?
10: I would... I would consider it. I've had three people, I've had three people approach me and go, "Are you, do you used to do Circus du Soleil?" like where you were like this performer? I'm like, "No, I learned it all here. Yeah, I've got nine hours. What am I going to do? Since there's no work right now, I might as well have fun.
14: So until she gets a call from Cirque du Soleil, Sharon will happily juggle her passion and her business) <laughs> As
5: long as she doesn't juggle scissors.
14: <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked her about that. No, nothing. No scissors, no bottles of Barbicide, nothing like that.
5: Hey, carpidium. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes.
2: And it's hard. Hooping's hard. I, all And doing that with balls in the air. And, uh, th- and a Gatorade and, bottle in your head. Yeah, that's a lot. That's all the time we have tonight. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night, all.